Good morning, friends. Can you hear me in the back? Great. So we'll begin with just a few announcements for the day. Today we will have our last day of affinity sits. So just know that if you have been participating in them or you want to go, today is the last day we'll have those, just because the schedule changes a bit tomorrow. This doesn't mean that the retreat is ending. We're still kind of in the middle. Have you been counting the days? So just to really stay here and feel the momentum and the depth, this still is the heart of the retreat. So to continue with the momentum that you've built up and really give yourself, give yourself to the practice today. There's a lot of potential here in the space and what we've created together. Today is also the last day that Kimberly will be offering signups in the afternoon, but you'll also, you'll have movement this morning and also movement tomorrow. And we'll continue with our individual meetings, practice meetings. Please do make sure you check the board and come on time. Sometimes we run a little late. So just to know that if we're, it's normal, you can just wait. You'll be seen if we are running a little late. And tomorrow is the last day for individuals. So if you don't see your name either yesterday or today, then you'll have a meeting for sure tomorrow. So yesterday, Nakue beautifully taught mindfulness of, e, of, of thoughts. And you can feel this trajectory that we've been moving through, beginning with body and breath, sounds, the first foundation of mindfulness. Second foundation of Vedana, or feeling tone, or hedonic valence. Tuning to the arising and passing of pleasant, unpleasant, and neutral in every moment of experience. And then with thoughts, we move into the realm of the chitta, the heart, the heart-mind. So this word in Pali, chitta, often denotes heart. It's here. But that includes all of the realm of mental activity, mind states, mood states, emotions as well. So this third foundation of mindfulness is really, it's called chitta nupasana, mindfulness of the chitta. This realm of the heart. Maybe you've been in in this realm some already. What have you noticed? These hearts, they're so mercurial. Aren't they? And I've heard some, we can have a sense of humor about them. We're all lost in something, really like working through whatever it is, grief or sorrow or fear. And then we step outside and it's sunny and we're like, oh, it's kind of nice outside. So a good way to work with these emotions is to know that they're impermanent. You can hear we're getting more into the wisdom realm of the retreat also, the wisdom realm of practice. When we tune our attention to thoughts, their nature, also the nature of mind states and moods and emotions, we start to really learn, oh, what's happening here? They're passing, they're coming and going. When we feel them in the body, we can learn so much. The body knows the emotions on a whole different level. We've had a lot of questions. Many of you are in transition in your lives. You're holding big decisions. It can be, okay, how do I, how do, I do this? How do I apply the practice to my big decisions or choices? This is one way because the body will tell you. The body will tell you so much if you're feeling contracted or if you're feeling open. So if there is an emotional state that's really kind of tangled in there, 
got you all caught up, go to the body level. It's a good way to let go of some of the story that is really so sticky and just be with the body. It's actually a gateway to compassion. Because I know for me, I can get really obsessed with the problem. Like the mind is just chewing on this thing. Like, oh, I got to solve it. But actually underneath that, the body's suffering. And if I can move into the body, it's like, oh, honey, your, your heart is all tight and clenched. And whew, you're not breathing very well. Like, there's a lot going on down here that I've just been caught up in the story. So bodyfulness of the emotions will help open a gateway to compassion. Our good friend and teacher, Bhante Buddharakita, a monk from Uganda, he says, the issues are in the tissues. <laughs> so when we move into that realm, there is the potential for a lot of healing, a lot of metabolizing our emotions in a really different way. Just feeling all these parts we've been talking about, they're kind of in the body. And when we identify, oh, okay, there's tension here, there's clenching here, there's numbness here, I don't feel anything in my abdomen, there's like a bigger kind of holding that we can do. So it's such a skill, it's really a brave practice as mindfulness of emotions, but in some ways it's the most practical skill we can have for our lives. Because doesn't it feel a little bit like we're just like rolling through these waves? Heard somebody said yesterday, it's like a sine wave practice. So I'll offer a guided practice. Some of you know this acronym. Kim spoke to it really clearly. This acronym of RAIN. Guide this this morning. It's a nice way to work with emotions. But the other thing to say is that sometimes we really feel like we should be having a lot of emotions. <laughs> you know, we like dive right in and here we're here. This is my time to feel this emotion. And we get really in there. But it's also a way to kind of make whatever we're feeling wrong. Like we're not feeling very much, we think we should be feeling more. Or we're all lost and so intense and we think, oh, I should be more calm. Everybody else is really calm. So it's not a problem if you're feeling a lot, we can work with it. If you're not feeling much, we can work with that. If you're having a very calm retreat, that's great. There's no need to be in drama. Although (laughs) sometimes we are. (laughs) No judgment. No judgment. So if you are feeling an emotion, you can use RAIN, recognize, allow, a quiet interest, this inquiry about it, and then a kind of nurturing or non-identification with the emotion. You can do RAIN with a very quiet mood. It doesn't have to be a big emotion. You can do it with a, a positive emotion. Sometimes we think it's all about negative emotions, but if you're feeling a lot of happiness and joy, Doing rain can really help. We learn so much about our delights and our joys with this too. But also you don't have to dig. And if something's really overwhelming, you don't have to go deep. So knowing that the body is a good anchor, the breath is a good anchor, that knowing how to titrate, you know, take little sips of a big thing, if you're really working on a big karmic knot, Don't take the whole thing all in one bite. Like a little bit at a time. Pendulate between the pain or what's difficult and something more neutral or pleasant. This is why the teaching and practice of mudita that we did last night with Yang is so important. We have to know how to resource ourselves. So there's that right effort again. Like knowing, oh, when am I tipping into the edge of overwhelm or flooding? And when can I step back into, okay, just simple mindfulness practice, just walking, don't have to solve it, solve it all right now. Having a lot of patience with the process of the practice, which can take time. So recognize, we name the feeling or the emotion 
Sometimes naming it is really a relief. It's like we don't, can't quite identify what it is, and we name it. Joseph has this wonderful story about the power of recognizing. This happened a long time ago. So for, I think, 14 years, he lived in this building. He lived up in, I think, M203 or 204, one of those interview rooms you've been using, Knockaway's room. He lived up there for 14 years, and then a donor, a really lovely um, benefactor, yogi, had offered uh, enough money to build the, ha- the house that Joseph lives in right now with Sharon just across the way here. And so he went into retreat, and he was having this discomfort in his retreat, his first retreat in his new house. And he was like, what is this? What is going on? I don't feel quite comfortable. What's happening here? And then he realized what it was, was that he was embarrassed to have such a nice house. Like there was some belief that Dharma teachers shouldn't live in such a nice house. So there was like the relief of realizing like, oh, this is just embarrassment. And then he realized he would rather be embarrassed and live in a nice house than live in that room upstairs. <laughs> so the power of just knowing what we're feeling. And then you can see right in there, there's the movement into allowing. I think the allowing step in rain is the most important one. And maybe that's all you're doing all day long is just recognize, allow, recognize, allow. And there's an energetic to this too. Like, I feel it's so important. The emotions can feel really big and it's hard for the body to hold them sometimes. So the energy gets caught in these centers. We've been talking some in the groups about that. Like it can get stuck, stuck in your belly, all this emotion, or it can get stuck in your heart or stuck in your throat or you get a headache stuck in your head. And there's something about the allow, often for me, that just feels like like puffing out the space in which you can hold the emotion. Like, let your energetic body be big. Let there be a lot of space. Oh, it's big enough to hold this. And... And I, the next step, we want to do this gently because with our kind of Western minds, we can get really analytical and get a little too discursive with investigation. And so this is why we call it a quiet interest. Like there's just a very gentle touching into, it could be intimacy. The I can stand for intimacy. We're just moving closer, a little closer to all the body sensations, the feeling of the emotion, Sometimes a good question for I, I ask is, what else is asking for my attention here? That's a good one for wisdom to come in, because often we're all stuck in our story. We know it's limited somehow. There's like definitely delusion happening. If we're feeling some kind of righteousness, and they're wrong, and I'm right, and we're in this argument all week long, trying to figure out this relationship, say... And when we ask, what else is asking for my attention? Sometimes the mind can present, oh, a new perspective. A new piece of the story I hadn't recognized before. Or it can, it can see, oh, I'm like all stuck in my story of unworthiness. But here the mind presents, like, but here's a way that you're actually doing okay. Right? A new way to look at it that isn't quite so overwhelming. So quiet interest. And then the end, the end could be lots of things. What do you need, as Kim was saying? How do I nurture this? And the non-identification, this is a very beautiful wisdom practice. Like It's so impersonal, these emotions. They really come and go on their own, their own accord. And if there's a name for this emotion... Another human has probably felt it before. So what if it's not me or mine? Just the experience of anxiety. Just the experience of grief. Not personal to you. Just grief. And I think this is why these, this parts work is helpful. It can help us de-identify 
uncouple, work with them in a more friendly way, like our good friend anxiety, as Yang was saying. Just passing through, passing through. In other traditions, more nature-based traditions, my Tibetan teachers often talk about emotions as just like, they're angels and demons. Sogni Rinpoche calls them our beautiful monsters. So can we feel that way, befriending them? Not personal, just something to care for. Okay, so let's do a little bit of practice here together. And again, if you're not feeling anything big and you don't need to work with an emotion this morning, that's great. You can continue on with your anchor of body or breath or sounds or thoughts. Again, letting the words just roll right through. It's a lot. There's a lot of words. So how is it to just stay in a very embodied sense and let the practice carry you? Maybe taking a couple of deep breaths. And arriving here, this moment is new. We never had this breath before. This body is new every moment. So now as your breath returns to normal, just spending some time inside and befriending the body in this particular time and place. Very open and curious. How is it? How is it right now inside this human aliveness? It's filling the body with your loving awareness. And maybe noticing already this nobility in your body. Your body carries so much. And maybe there is even a sense of honoring. Honoring this whole body. It has so much life in it. So much ups and downs. The 10,000 joys and 10,000 sorrows. A kind of appreciation for all that this body carries. And maybe feeling its nobility, its dignity, its capacity. Just keeps on all that it's carrying and of course there's numbness there's frozen parts this body carries so much but here it is with us this kind of accompaniment all the way through
And so if it feels right to just stay simply in the body, you're welcome to do that. And if there is a mood or an emotion or a mind state that's asking for your attention, we can tune to that too, using it as your object now. And see how it is to fully recognize. This also is a kind of honoring, like, oh yeah, I'm carrying grief. Or I'm carrying this, like, kind of confused sense of helplessness. Or or maybe it's boredom. See if you can identify with some measure of clarity and precision the exact emotion or mood. And if you can't identify, it's okay. Just really recognizing the felt sense in the body. Notice how sometimes if we're working with something painful, there's almost an immediate sense of needing to fix it. Oh, I'm going to use this practice to help change this emotion. And so now as we move into allowing, see how it is to have no agenda. There's no need to fix this kind of hurt or the sense of confusion, or incompleteness, or restlessness, or numbness, or not feeling anything. How is it to just fully allow the truth of this particular emotion? Let it be big if it needs to be big. Let it fully express itself in your heart-mind. Sometimes when we lift the layer of agenda or fixing or controlling it, there can be an immediate kind of relief or release. It's still there. The hurt is still there. But we're not pushing against it anymore. Deep allowing.
And maybe this is all you do for the rest of the practice. Just allowing, holding this emotion, mood, mind state in the space of your awareness, your loving, your warm, your caring attention. Remember that you can titrate and pendulate if you're working with something very deep and heavy. Maybe finding a more pleasant or neutral place in your breath or body and knowing you can always come back to that. Just allowing some of the pain for a bit and then coming back to something pleasant. We're learning how to resource. This is wise effort. And now if there is a certain measure of steadiness, with whatever heart state you're working with, how is it to bring just a quiet interest? What else is here for me to notice? Or we might ask, what's the most painful thing about this? Or the most, sort of like an underlying belief, something I'm believing and striving this experience, this emotion. And of course, notice if we're getting too conceptual and there's a real kind of wanting to understand and trying to figure it out with your mind. And we really need to trust, we trust there's just enough inquiry here to see what we need to see and we stay in the body. Don't need to figure it all out right now.
And then the last step is a lot like allow. We just come right back to this carrying attention, this holding, this trusting that awareness is big enough to hold all of it. And that simply that is already healing. It's already happening in its own time, in its own way. Right there within the awareness is all the compassion and equanimity that we need. And so we hold ourselves with a lot of care, a lot of patience and trust. And if it's helpful to bring in the wisdom reflection about how this is really not me or mine. It's just a force of nature moving through, just like the wind. If this is helpful, we can reflect on the impersonal quality of all of these emotions. The good ones, the difficult ones. None of it me or mine. And so we'll continue on in our own way in silence now and know that you can choose any of these steps if you're using emotion as the object of your mindfulness and sort of in a playful way touch in on any of these. And also taking a lot of breaks, resting, just resting with your body or breath or sounds when things get too complicated. Just trusting the intelligence of your own practice.
Just as we come to the end of the session, I wanted to share a poem with you. This is another poem by Jane Hirschfield. It comes from her new collection of poetry called The Asking. And to me, this poem is about the kind of transformation that happens as we work with these difficulties. We really name and honor and recognize all the brokenness in ourselves and the world. There is a kind of alchemy that can happen, that we turn the poison into medicine. All of the broken bits are what make up our wholeness again. And we feel that sense of intimacy that is actually a deep, deep connection, deep freedom, right in the middle of it. And so poignant. And so this, this poem is titled, Counting This New Year's Morning, What Powers Yet Remain to Me. Maybe we're still a little bit in the new year, so... Here's this poem, Counting This New Year's Morning, What Powers Yet Remain to Me. The world asks, as it asks daily, and what can you make, can you do, to change my deep, broken, fractured? I count this first day of another year what remains. I have a mountain, a kitchen, Two hands can admire with two eyes the mountain, actual, recalcitrant, shuffling its pebbles, sheltering foxes and beetles, can make black-eyed peas and collards, can make from last year's late-ripening persimmons a pudding, can climb a stepladder, change the bulb in a track light. For four years, I woke each day first to the mountain, then to the question. The feet of the new sufferings followed the feet of the old, and still they surprised. I brought salt, brought oil to the question brought sweet tea, brought postcards and stamps. For four years, each day, something. Stone did not become apple. War did not become peace. Yet joy still stays joy. Sequins stay sequins. Words still bespangle, bewilder. Today, I woke without answer. The day answers, unpockets a thought from a friend. Don't despair of this falling world. Not yet. Didn't it give you the asking? The day answers, unpockets a thought from a friend. Don't despair of this falling world. Not yet. Didn't it give you the asking? I think this speaks so beautifully to the helplessness we can feel. We, you know, we encounter all of this in our practice, and it can be like, what can I make? What can I do with my deep, broken, and fractured? And yet maybe there's something honorable in just asking. 
and holding ourselves in the way that we are. So today you can play with this. You can use your emotions as your object. And just know, be careful of overwhelm. Just know you can keep touching back into this very simple simplicity of the quality of the light, quality in your body. Don't dive too deep into it all. Don't take in any big projects. Just be with it in a simple way. And there is a lot of depth and continuity already here, so you can trust that. Walking will really help you. And especially if we're kind of in depths and complexities, outside walking, you'll feel the spaciousness and it's a nice day. So just really feel that you have that as an option to walk outside. And to tune in, sometimes slow walking can be just the right thing for all this metabolism to happen. But other times maybe faster walking can help, can help metabolize. So just to tune into the pace, but use it. Use the walking. It will help you. And again, just to, to stay here, you might notice your mind kind of like, oh, eager to plan when you leave, but also I don't want to leave and all kinds of things happening, anticipating Friday. But really just stay, stay here. Keep coming back, keep coming back. We're really in this beautiful place in the retreat. So, uh, yeah, a lot of honoring of your practice today. Well, thank you. We'll see you soon. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.